0: Hi, I'm Jillian Swinford. And I'm Haley Broleson. And this is Mother Nature Will Kill You. A podcast about the most horrific tragedies and the most triumphant survival stories that the wilderness can provide. So grab your backpack. And maybe a bottle of wine. And let's go on a wild ride into the unknown. Walking down
1: this road I go, but I am going alone. Running far, far from home Till I am but skin and bone Oh we're back and, and maybe better than ever. No, that's not even debatable. That's not even close <laughs> to being true.
0: Yeah. We were both just talking about how our brains are fried and we're physically exhausted. And today I forgot what day it was and what times all my meetings were. So mm-hmm. I just, that was a fun, fun morning for me. So I
1: forced myself to get out of bed to go unpack and do laundry and go to the grocery store. And the whole time I was like babbling, like a drunk person, just like (laughs) screaming bullshit into the void. And Marzi was just like, I'm confused. Just slurring your words through the grocery store. Yeah. She's like, I'm confused, but I'm totally here for it. No, I just put on a podcast when I was in the grocery store because I'm like, if I interact with another human being, it's not.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say like you're probably slurring or whatever and then it's like you look in your cart and you have like beer and wine and just like do you really, do you really do that? yeah so
1: I have pretty much been hitting the ground running since I got back from the holidays and I've had two manuscripts that were are now under review and I had to make edits to I had oh we caught our first glass eels Woo! Which is exciting, but then there's like a ton of extra work that we have to figure out. Like, okay, so what data we want to take? Like, how are we processing them? What are yeah. we, you know, making sure that ramp is consistently running? Have you starting? Figured
0: that out? What? Have you figured all that stuff out? Kinda.
1: Yeah. Of course, it's our uh the one site we have at a water treatment plant. That's where we're catching.
0: Oh, <laughs> nice. So, like, the yeah. warm water over there is what they like or what? Well,
1: so we think it's partially the warm water. It, it's a very, it's productive because yeah. it's a wastewater treatment plant. Um, but there's a lot of fish that hang out at the base of that, like, out, outfall. But um, apparently, a while back, they caught uh, adult eels in the holding ponds above the outfall, which is why we have a trap there.
0: So are like, they spawning in there too? No, they
1: climbed up in there. Oh. Yeah. They, it's the only way they could have gotten there is by climbing because they <laughs> spawn in the Sargasso Sea.
0: All oh. Of them. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: So we're trying to catch them as they're moving from the Sargasso into freshwater and we caught the first glass seals ever in Texas. So that was pretty exciting. But that yeah. is
0: exciting. Good job.
1: Yeah. So I've been doing that. I started trying to get together Alligator Gar Acoustic Telemetry Project, looking at movement um, of Alligator Gar on the coast. And, you know, there's still a ton of work to do. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, "Mm, why did I agree to this again? (laughs) (laughs) And then I just got back from a conference, which the conference was fine. I had a good time. I got to see people. We actually went to VIMS. uh, So I saw uh, Troy and Mary and all of them. And Jack. So, And uh, we went there to go check out all the eel stuff. um, So that was fun. But um, on the way back on my flight, this drunk woman decided to pick a fight with me. Why? So she's being very loud and obnoxious. And she was playing a game with this woman next to her who she didn't know. But was totally enabling her behavior.
0: So she's just being like
1: really fucking loud and obnoxious. Like you could hear her through (laughs) your headphones even if they were turned all the way up. And she was sitting behind me and she was like slapping the back of the seat when she like won or whatever. Oh, God. So everyone was making complaints. Like everyone around. She just decided that it was myself and the man sitting next to me that we were the ones like being awful to her and like making it because we you know called her out on her her bullshit yeah. because she saw us talking to the flight attendant because the flight attendant was like
0: hey are you guys okay he's like are you being bothered <laughs> yes I am thank you yeah
1: and so even so she just started saying the most awful shit about us turns out she was a service member she's very drunk and she was like just a military
0: saying, service member? Yes. Oh, wow.
1: Which I'm like, okay, you have a lot to sort out, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to pretend like I know anything that you've gone through in that specific sphere. But she was just saying a lot of really awful stuff like, um, you know, that we didn't value safety or protection for our loved ones. And like that we didn't deserve to be American or deserve freedom.
0: Because we wanted her to stop acting like a child. Oh. So that's. You don't value safety or protection because you're asking somebody to stop essentially mm -hmm. harassing you.
1: Yeah. So she was harassing Mm -hmm. me specifically. She just decided to target me the whole way back. And at some point I turned around and I was like, look, like my dad is a retired colonel army disabled. We was deployed to Iraq. And my brother is currently serving and but like you being a service member does not give you the like excuse to act like a child and ruin literally everyone's flight yeah and, seriously which was dumb of me because she was drunk so I should have just let it
0: yeah alone. you can't fix stupid you know like if they're <sighs> <and> I was <laughs> if so, they're already at-
1: I was just sitting there for like 20 minutes while she's like verbally harassing me I'm just seething because I'm like, you don't even know who I am. You don't know what I've been through. Like, I don't know that.
0: What I feel did the flight attendants
1: do about yeah. all of this? Yeah, I had to make a statement. They took her off the plane. Um, like she had to be escorted off the plane. Yeah. And uh, I had to talk to the police, and because it's a federal offense to.
0: Yeah, be aggressive yeah. on an airplane.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, so that was uh so I'm exhausted like mentally,
1: physically, emotionally, just drained. Yeah. So the whole break and
0: parent for me. <laughs> <laughs> How yeah, was your break? <laughs> um it's yeah, there's also been a lot going on but nothing quite to that extent. If you can see behind me, I have a new wall in the room with new I AC. See. Yeah. So that's that's the new development in the house. We Yay. have a all new ACs in here, so that's been good. Uh in the course of the last month, we've had my parents here and then also my uncle here helping mm-hmm. around the house along with my loving boyfriend. Um so yeah, one good chunk of house repairs is checked off the list. So yeah. all new ACs, they're split systems, so much quieter, so much more energy efficient. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now we're doing drywall in the house so Yay. mom and dad are coming again at the end of february so i'm not really getting a break from visitors <laughs> which like it's cool i want people to visit like you know yeah it's one of those things like what is it like be careful what you ask for because like, yep. i want people to visit me but now i'm like oh my god i just like need a month to myself like please like, for lit- the love of god <laughs> yeah like literally all of january Was, like, my parents. And then I had, I think, a week. And then my uncle came for a week, which was, like, great. He was super helpful. My uncle, Mike, he's, like, super knowledgeable. And he's, like, Mm -hmm. an engineer by trade. And he's done, you know, uh, remodeling on his house. And so it's just... It's just crazy how much he knows you mm-hmm. can just ask him a question about some shit and you'd be like, oh yeah, that's that because of this reason back in 1950 something like blah, 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 blah. Like he just like gives you like yeah. the whole reasoning behind it.
1: I have an uncle and, just like that actually.
0: Yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, this is like really valuable information. And he'll like look at the house He's like, oh, what you could do with that actually is because <laughs> since you have a slant here, you could do blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I never even thought about that. And I was like, yeah, so it was like really valuable having him here. Um,
1: but at some and, point, you need, like, your own time yeah, for your – because even if somebody's being, like, super helpful, being an awesome guest, like, at the same time, you still feel like you're hosting. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, like, I also want to be around to help, too. So then it's, like, the struggle of, like, balancing work with all of these projects and stuff. Yes. And then, um, like, when people are gone – and, like, no one's visiting, the house is still a wreck because it's, Mm -hmm. like, the middle of a construction zone, so it still doesn't feel comfortable either. Right, right. Like, the wall in the living room is, like, boarded, like, not boarded up because it's drywall, but, like, there's no, like, mud on it. It's not taped. It's not painted over. It's just, like, gray drywall just drilled in there. And so when my dad told me that they were coming at the end of February and staying for, like, two weeks, I was like, well, I guess I have to paint this wall now because like or you can be like hey if
1: you want to stay at the house you have to drywall
0: I know (laughs) I yeah I did tell him though over the phone I was like hey if you do any sort of sanding inside the house you have to turn all of the ACs off otherwise they're gonna suck all of that dust up, and it's just gonna Ruin them and I just got them, and I want to be able to have AC for more than a month.
1: (laughs) I so yeah, I just remembered the other thing. Speaking of having AC on, uh, so Marzi finally got sprayed by a skunk. Oh no, literally like (laughs) midnight the night before I came home. So I was spending all day thinking about how we're going to get the skunk smell off of our dog and out of our house, and then I have to deal with a belligerent woman on the plane. Thankfully, I don't think we don't think it was like a direct hit. It was really just her face and I think we've gotten most of it. There's still like a little bit of skunk smell in the house, but like Corey spent like all day cleaning and like running the AC and then putting new filters in. But I was just like this is the last thing we need.
0: Oh my god, yeah. For sure. That's the last thing. (laughs) The other day, like the (laughs) Home Depot like delivery of these doors that you can see in the room now like Mm -hmm. we have we're gonna change out the doors inside the house too because like the doors inside the house are just like the shitty like wood I don't even know how to describe them but it's like they're so shitty that like if you had a Uh, command strip on the back and ripped it off it would peel the rest of the the door off I
1: know what you're talking about so
0: yeah and so I was like I would like to change the doors out so now we have solid Mm core doors that look nice and homey Way. But you have to
1: do it is the thing
0: yeah it's like so <laughs> you still yeah you still need to kind of like cut them up a bit so you can like put the brackets in and they're a little too tall because I don't know whether that's I mean obviously that's like one of the, the heights that you can order from Home Depot but like for some reason it's like a half inch too tall for these door, Good. like this fitting so yeah. I don't know it's the construction of this house was like back in the 80s <laughs> but apparently door sizes have changed so yeah. it's just like, that's just another thing that needs to get done, which that'll look nicer when, you know, all that's done in the house. But it's just project after project after I feel project. That. But the doors, the doors were delivered the other day when I was driving all up and down the Keys. It was like Tuesday. I drove all the way up to Key Largo and then like hit some dive shops for some marketing stuff on the way back down. And I was just going to go back home. And it was like around three o'clock when one of my coworkers texted me. It was like, oh, like, one of the crabs is like uh, laying its eggs or hatching its eggs or whatever. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll come over and like get content for social media. So I went down to Summerland, which is past my house for anybody that needs to know that. And <laughs> I was there for like probably about an hour. And then I finally got home and there's just like a pallet of doors right in the front of the house which is like i was expecting that but mm-hmm. it's just like you know when you get home after a long day you're like I, the last thing i want to do is move all of these doors out of the way exactly so I can park in my spot yeah
1: <laughs> yeah you're just like i don't yeah i don't the whole thing with like chronic illness and you might have heard this too there's like this saying where you only have so many spoons in a day and like each task takes away a spoon don't ask me why the fuck they chose spoons, because it sounds really dumb whenever I like try to explain this to yourself, anybody. yourself,
0: I guess? I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you're just scooping a little piece of yourself yeah. away. But, like, yeah, that's kind of how I try to describe, like, my energy levels of, like, okay, I have this many spoons today, and I have this many tasks that need to get done, so...
0: One of them's gotta go. <laughs>
1: yeah. And today and yesterday, I was running on zero spoons, and I had way too many tasks and it just it got weird I got weird
0: yeah I got real I slap you. happy
1: so yeah. it's it's been
0: when you texted me yesterday I was like thank god because <laughs> like <laughs> I was like just me too I right, uh, let's just move it one more day
1: <laughs> just like I can't but I wanted to do this uh because first of all we said we were going to do it so yeah we, should we did do it Probably but good. also because this story is like so excellent for Valentine's Day in all of the worst and best ways
0: is it but... a scorned lover? Yes, many scorned lovers
1: Ooh. um yeah, so today it's definitely gonna be there's some scamming mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't say like full-on scamming in the way that we think of it in the modern sense but like scamming scorned lovers, polyamory there's just it is. It's going to be a real treat.
0: (laughs) What's your thoughts on polyamory? I mean, if that's good for you, do it.
1: I don't understand it personally because I'm such a like, I can only deal with just like one person in my relationship. I couldn't even imagine the jealousy and stuff. But like, obviously, you know, we're LGBTQ friendly and, you know, on the show. And personally, I don't understand it, but it's not for me. And that's okay. You know what I mean?
0: no I'm right there with you yeah and like my cousin at one point like a couple years ago she was like talking to me about how she wants to try polyamory and like full supportive of it but I was also just when she was explaining it to me I was like that just sounds like a lot of work I <laughs> I, I, I was like I, I can't even keep track of one like how yeah. are you? I gonna...
1: I'm
0: like, I was, I like good barely... for you but also like that just sounds like a lot of work <laughs>
1: Well, I will say this is not, like, good polyamory. It's very toxic relationships okay. going on. So this is, like, what it could turn into if it's, like, not good, basically. No bueno. Gotcha. But before we do the story, I do want to, I'm just going to tank the mood real quick here. Oh, um, God. Just because we need to address it. It literally just happened on, on oh, Tuesday? Oh, yes. Monday? Yes
0: yeah mm, yeah monday or tuesday so the days like, are all blurring for me we know this so. i know
1: so that was like february 7th i think the um earthquake 7.8 magnitude earthquake in southern turkey and syria or in northern syria are the areas that are being impacted and they're saying it's one of the deadliest earthquakes in this region in like decades maybe even a hundred years at this point, when I texted you originally that morning, they said that five thousand people had died. And it's now, like twenty
0: thousand now, isn't it?
1: Twenty-one thousand people have died yeah. officially. Oh my god. And they're still trying to do uh survivor and
0: body recovery. Well, isn't it so hard for them too because it's winter there? Yes. And it's like so if you are a survivor crushed under the rubble, it's not even just the fact of like you're crushed under the rubble and you can't mm. get any food or water. It's now you have like the climate aspect of it yeah. too, or you're freezing. Yeah. So there's like hypothermia safe. involved yeah. and just you know how winter weather affects
1: this country, which is all uh, quote unquote developed and, you know, has the infrastructure to deal with this kind of search and rescue type effort. But in Turkey, and particularly in Syria, there's been a lot of political unrest in those areas. And, you know, they may not have all of their buildings up to code in every single area. Oh, yeah. Certainly in Syria, where there's been civil war going on for... I think
0: they even said that on the news the other mm-hmm. day, was that, like, a lot of the buildings that were, like, damaged were because they weren't up to code or whatever. like right. they, they were built so long ago. Yeah, and it's like, they're not going to update that.
1: But honestly, like, a sev- if a 7.8 hit California, like, I don't even want... I don't want to sound elitist or anything. Like, when I'm talking about this, I don't think it really matters at a certain point if your <laughs> buildings are up to code, if you're hit by a 7.8. Oh, 8. yeah.
0: No. You know? Yeah. it, it That's... Earthquakes, <clears throat> they... though Earthquakes and tornadoes Tornados. are the two that, like, freak me out. Yes. And- the thing about
1: earthquakes is that you can kind of avoid them by where you live but like I feel like tornadoes just show up
0: Yeah. (laughs) same with sinkholes when I moved to Florida and I like originally moved to central Florida I was like shit I was like how do I know
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know if you just kind of start sinking you might want to get out of your house I guess I remember (laughs)
0: seeing stories on the news of like people's homes just randomly swallowed a hole and it's like ah that makes me nervous I don't like that.
1: (laughs) I'm fascinated by it, but I don't want it to happen to me.
0: Yeah. No, Uh, definitely
1: not. So I'm going to read a little bit about some of the survivor stories. And like I said, rescue is much easier in Turkey. They have better infrastructure for it. They're not dealing with, you know, political forces, armies, allowing them to come in and actually do rescue. Like, so it's a little bit easier So they're still being rescued days later in Turkey. A mother and her six-year-old daughter were rescued from a collapsed house Thursday, 68 hours after the massive tremor. A German aid organization and a British aid organization said that the mother and child were located in the rubble of the collapsed building around 5 a.m. local time on Wednesday. A family of three, including two brothers and their mother, were rescued in the 78th hour. Um, in Hete- In the Hattay province, a 10-year-old girl was found alive in the 90th hour after the quake. The first thing she asked for after her rescue was milk, officials said in a statement. However, the Syria civil defense, known as the White Helmets, warned that the hope of fighting survivors is now fading inside Syria. So this is still a very much ongoing rescue effort and just body recovery effort at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And you sent me that story. Uh, it's incredible, but also so incredibly sad um, about that that woman who gave birth but died. Yes.
0: Right? Yeah. And the yes, the woman gave birth but died, but the newborn survived under mm-hmm. the rubble and everything yeah i'm like holy crap so she and gave... they even showed those images and video on the news like they didn't oh, even blur yeah. out the newborn being carried away and i was like holy crap i did not want to see that <laughs>
1: so she gave birth by herself underneath rubble and then died because
0: i yeah i'm confused of like when the birth was happening was mm-hmm. whether or not that was like underneath the rubble or if that was like she had just given birth and then the earthquake happened yeah Like, I don't, I'm a little confused on the timing of that, but I have uh, a pbs.org website of like ways to donate if. Yes. So uh, UNICEF is on the ground in Turkey and Syria, helping children and families in the aftermath of two devastating earthquakes. So UNICEF is one organization you can donate to, to support the victims of this earthquake. Uh, The Turkish Red Crescent is also accepting donations. Humanity and Inclusion plans to expand its team in Syria to help provide mental health and rehabilitation services. Uh, Mercy Corps is working to aid those affected in Northwest Syria. And that looks to be about all the ones that are listed here. And I know yes. that the U.S. has um, two rescue teams going over. Mm-hmm. is what I've seen, at least so far.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very much a multi-country effort. There's a lot of different countries sending over teams. Because, I mean, this is as bad it's number seven on the global ranking of the deadliest earthquake since uh 20 20- 2002 it's number oh seven God. right now but obviously those numbers it'll are it'll climb to grow. once
0: they know how many more people die yeah
1: yeah and the top one being haiti uh that earthquake oh my was God, yeah. so devastating and they had like no infrastructure in that country to handle so that doesn't surprise me but I wouldn't be surprised if this earthquake doesn't, like, surpass some of these other ones in the next couple of days.
0: Yeah, and that Um, earthquake in Haiti, I was watching Good Morning America the other day, actually, and there was a segment on there of this kid who, I'm probably remembering this wrong, but there was a kid on there, I want to say he got TikTok famous because he knits really fast or something like that.
1: That sounds about right.
0: <laughs> and it was something like creative. Like he was on TikTok. He was like posting these videos of him being creative. And I think it was through knitting or crocheting mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. But he's adopted, and he's adopted from Haiti. And he was talking about like how he's really thankful that his parents adopted him because of like the the earthquake that happened there. There's they still have not rebuilt because mm-hmm. there's just no no money, and they're just a poor country. It's just really hard for them. So yeah,
1: and and, and that's that- par- that's that's a huge reason why uh number two is indonesia which i think is the one is associated with that tsunami
0: oh yeah god yeah it. i still which remember was... that tsunami like that was yesterday
1: i remember that was one of the first times other than 9-11 that i saw people die on live te- television
0: yeah which... and i remember going on youtube and searching for like the videos of what it looked like and everything too yeah i want to cover that one someday
1: not ready yet. We're going to do a fun story today. So to get ease back into
0: it. <laughs> I love a good story about a scorned lover. Yeah. So I didn't,
1: I usually write like a nice, beautiful intro paragraph, but um, I planned on doing that on my flight and then, you know, I yeah, got harassed changed. the entire time. <laughs> um, so this story is fucking hilarious. It shouldn't be, but it is. And, you know, obviously we try to be very receptive to victims and stuff on this but this is just the most it's it's in the 1920s early Mm. 1930s so it was a while ago first of all and second of all it is just so ridiculous (laughs) oh really if you've listened to my favorite murder you might know this one they've done it on that um there's a lot of a couple other podcasts that have done this but i don't think this is a story that a lot of people know about um and it's perfect for valentine's day because you can either you know have a great date or like you know have a really committed boyfriend or not have anybody at all and hate valentine's day and still enjoy this
0: story so yeah. <laughs> so hang on we're going yeah. in
1: <laughs> there there are some beautiful committed relationships in here and there are some terrible fucking ones and it is a good time so that's so funny um so oh, yeah let's get into it um so like I said this was set in the 1920s but we're going to this very magical place which both you and I I'm sure would love to visit someday um which is the Galapagos Islands
0: I would love to visit there and my cousin went there for her honeymoon like six months ago
1: I hate her I'm so so jealous
0: (laughs) But now I have, you know, a person I can talk to you to be like, how did you go there? Because yeah. I feel like that's so hard to get there.
1: There's actually a pretty big ecotourism economy there now that people know about it,
0: I think. Fun fact, never check your bag, though, because it will get lost. Oh. That's what happened to them. They oh. checked a the bag and it got lost. And it got like, there like four days later, but they were <laughs> only going to be there for like four days. So I was like, <laughs> what would have happened if... <laughs> If it got there,
1: yeah, Yeah. so
0: if you're going, never check your bag. Just always carry your stuff on with you. (laughs) Noted, noted. Okay,
1: so in the 1920s, the Galapagos were mostly uninhabited and not the tourist destination they are today. Like, there was literally nobody there. Um, So the Galapagos were formed by a volcanic hotspot, which is basically, like, a part on the earth's crust where their magma is closer to the surface this is how the hawaiian islands were formed as well Mm -hmm. because they're like way far from any tectonic plate edges they're like in the middle but because you know
0: how like hawaii is like technically volcanoes Mm -hmm. are you saying like galapagos islands are technically volcanoes yes and they can like erupt at any time I don't know how active they are now Gotcha. because um,
1: gotcha. it's one of those things where as the plates slowly move, you know, the islands are moving dir- off the direct hotspot. So now the only like really active volcano in Hawaii is, uh, is uh, Hawaii, is Hilo, the big island. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know which ones in the Galapagos are still active, um, but most of them are not still active, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. That makes sense.
1: So they're made up of 13 major islands. They have been a mostly a refueling and resupply location for the military, whaling, and many commercial shipping endeavors in the 1800s and early 1900s. And they're also, most of us probably know them as the famous islands in which uh, Charles Darwin studied the finches that eventually led to him deriving the theory of evolution in the origin of species. Um, and this place is very unique because it's 900 miles away from South America. So it's isolated, mm-hmm. but um, it, they moved or they were created in a relatively short amount of time. So there's been a chance for species to reach the islands and then speciate among the different islands. Hmm. But there's not always overlap. So you get different species that are endemic to each island that have you know slight evolutionary adaptations over the that's others
0: interesting
1: yeah so there, I don't know there's like 13 or 14 different species of finches that came yeah. from the, like the same ancestor but have since like
0: evolved speciated. because they've been on different islands and need yeah. to adapt yeah. to those islands that's neat
1: so if you ever want a good book about all of that the beak of the finch is an mm. excellent book about noted uh, the Galapagos and Darwin's finches
0: yeah so. I would be interested in reading that actually
1: yeah i had to read it for for a biology class in college um but also because it was a resupply location <laughs> a lot of european um you know sailors or whalers whatever have like hunted a lot of things to extinction
0: yeah like, that's pretty on par for back then right <laughs> yeah so
1: the there's a couple of tortoise species that went extinct like the giant tortoise Mm -hmm. um not all of them still have their tortoises because i guess they were really tasty um and obviously easy to catch so
0: well it's like sea turtles down here Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. it was like up until the 60s people were still eating sea turtle here yeah or something like that i don't know it was something absurd
1: yeah, I mean, I, I I get it, but also, like, uh, it just kills me. Um, there's Does also, that
0: make you wonder, like, what we're eating now that could possibly be, like, the equivalent to that yeah. in 100 years? <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, and they also introduced a lot of
1: non-native species like cows and donkeys and boars and chickens. And so they've kind of... Yeah. Goats uh, have kind of started overrunning some of these islands. So there's some interesting ecological things going on that are not entirely good they are home to a variety of marine mammals fish seabirds and unique endemic species of bird insect plants and reptiles found nowhere else in the world including the marine iguana and the giant tortoise
0: my cousin yeah. saw a marine iguana and the tortoises
1: yes I'm oh, so jealous. So jealous. It looks i would really love cool. to see the marine iguanas they're so ugly but i'm like you are so like evolutionarily interesting yeah. <laughs> so <fascinated>. they're cool <laughs> yeah. so today we're going to visit floriana which sits at the bottom of the archipelago um and was uninhabited at the time of today's story all it had when the story took place were uh, caves that pirates used to use a small tin shack left by norwegian settlers that had left long ago and there was a small mailbox that sat in a barrel in a bay that had been used by whalers and other sailors to send and collect mail in the isolated area so anytime a ship would come by they would pick up some mail leave whatever mail they needed to leave and then carry on their merry way so
0: i was about to ask how you thought the mail system worked back then with that tiny mailbox
1: yeah, it, that, it, that makes sense. Yep, that's literally all it was. Um, So the land on this island can be unforgiving as there are wet and dry seasons and the islands can be subject to droughts and extremely hot temperatures because they're pretty much on the equator. Uh, Floriana did have populations of wild boars, goats, dogs and cattle that had been brought by the pirates and other foreign visitors and often hunted by people who were living on nearby islands who were you know subsistence living
0: mm-hmm. so
1: they did have invasive species here all right so our story begins in the 1920s when a doctor from berlin friedrich ritter and a former patient and lover named dora stausch and it's pro- it's spelled d o r e but it's pronounced dora Got so it. If you if anybody goes and finds my uh script that I leave on the website online, it's not spelled the way I'm spelling it. I am spelling it that way because I've I spell it D O R E. I'm just gonna keep saying door. I'm gonna say yeah. door. I had to change it for my own brain, so it's door. Fine. Uh, door the explorer. So, yeah. So they decided to set out on a two-month journey to live on the Galapagos island of Floriana, as you do. Cool.
0: Yeah. Random, but cool.
1: Yeah. Friedrich read about Floriana from a popular account of a scientific expedition to the islands and thought it sounded like a romantic island getaway isolated from society, which don't we all want that? Yes. So in the out. years following World War One, Germany had become a very hard place to live, partially because...
0: I would just say that's very fair. Yes. <laughs> it's like understandable.
1: Yeah, so partially because all the other nations were demanding economic reparations, so inflation just skyrocketed and the German dollar or Deutschmark, whatever they were using, just like tanked in value. So people were literally paying for, like, loaves of bread with, like, wagons full of of cash, you know, stuff like that. That's
0: insane. It's like eggs probably nowadays. Right. Eight dollar eggs. Woo woo. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So
1: a lot of economic woes. And then because of those woes, there was rising political extremists benefiting off the unrest, who we all know today, very not so fondly as the Nazis. Oh, gross. So uh, I'm I'm starting to feel like uh, there's similar things going on in this fucking country. Yeah. God help us. God help us. Vote. Okay. Anyway, so it wasn't like an ideal place to be, which I think we all can relate to living in today's America. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not ideal, but still it's yeah. fine. So
1: both Friedrich and Dora had been looking for an escape. Um, Friedrich was born in 1886 in Volbach, Germany, deep in the Black Forest. Super cool. Um, he studied chemistry, physics, and philosophy at the University of Freiburg. Afterwards, he planned to go into dentistry, but his career was interrupted by World War I, where he fought in the trenches. And he was greatly impacted by the horrors of war as many soldiers from World War I were. Because it was an awful war to fight in.
0: Yep. Believe that too.
1: Yeah. So after finishing his studies, he met a married woman, Dora Stausch, who unfortunately suffered from multiple sclerosis. Um, He met her at the University of Berlin, where he was working at the time. And although he was studying to be a dentist, um, she became his patient because he had some Mm. medical background. Um, He believed that she could overcome her multiple sclerosis by the power, essentially, of positive thought and that it was all in her mind.
0: Oh, so she's a hippie.
1: (sighs) Well, he this is what he's saying to her
0: oh he's a hippie
1: yeah so he's a he's a, her doctor and saying you know if you just believe
0: yeah it'll, it'll go away it's you know do you remember mr mellow from high school he was the weightlifting coach also yeah. a football coach mm-hmm. so during one class one time he said something like that he was like nah if i'm getting sick i just think that i'm not and it goes away he's like it's you just not- gotta think it it's-, it's a mental game and i was <laughs> like if that works for you cool I kind of believe it. Depending on what's going on, like, I don't know. Multiple sclerosis? Okay, well, that's what I said. Depending (laughs) on what's going on, like, (laughs) clearly MS isn't going to happen. But, like, yeah, if you got some headaches, maybe you just got to, like, you know, meditate a little bit more. (laughs) Uh, I can tell you from all
1: my migraines, there's no (sighs) meditating going on. You cannot think about anything else but the stupid pain in your head. This, like, this whole thought, I get it. I get why people do it and say it because for a normal person who's not suffering from an illness like this maybe that's a good thing just to get their ass in gear and get them moving but to somebody who's actually suffering it's an extremely problematic approach to
0: yeah but I think there is also something to be said about like the like the mental positivity about just like things too like if if you're always looking on, like, the pessimistic side of something, like, mm-hmm. you're just always going to feel worse about yourself, too. You know, like, you have to, I don't know. Yeah. I just, so that's you a- just have to, like, still be positive. Like, there's still has to be some, yeah. like, mental positivity happening.
1: Oh, yeah. That's you know, a good point. The thing was, he wasn't actually treating her for anything. Like, he wasn't treating her actual. He was just saying, believe it'll be better and it'll be better. And that's really mm. not how that. You have to treat it and keep the person positive
0: you know what I mean yeah yes that's my issue yeah no I I see yeah I see yeah like
1: being positive is all great and fine but like if if your arm is falling off right
0: yeah there's then can't really just think that one away yeah
1: Yeah. so so that was problematic uh and it gets kind of worse so besides treating her initially they bond over uh philosophy uh okay. specifically the philosophy of Friedrich Nietzsche which I don't Does know think
0: things away too uh he he's the
1: guy who's essentially like life is meaningless oh
0: I took a philosophy class in college and it was like it was a little mind boggling to think that outside of the box because it was like, I remember one of the, the in class activities was like, and I forget who the philosopher was, honestly, but it was like, is this mouse really here because it's actually here? Or is it just yeah. here because I think it's supposed to be here? Right. <laughs> because it's like, this is the office setup. It's like, it's like, but I can touch it. Like it's here. Like, yeah. yeah.
1: But is that your brain? Just are you in a simulation? Is this? Yeah, pretty much is what yes. that was. So yeah, niche was very into nihilism, which is basically it rejects generally fundamental fundamental aspects of human existence and is basically like human values are useless and life is meaningless. And that knowledge is, total knowledge is impossible. So it's, it's, it's like- something that people use to be like, what's the point, you know?
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say it's, it's like he took, like, it's like he had a depressive episode and then took it and ran with it and made yeah. it into a philosophy yeah. It's like what's the point of life? This is my... nothing, nothing matters. Right. Like... And you know, that may very well be
1: true. I don't really think system like human systems have, you know, real meaning beyond what we ascribe to them. But if nothing is meaningless or everything is meaningless, then you get to ascribe meaning to it.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's
1: kind of the positive way to spin that. But so that's kind of the kind of philosophies we're
0: getting into. It's uh it's getting interesting this is way too complicated for my brain at 8 48 p.m (laughs) (laughs) all right so we're moving on
1: (laughs) so their interests they also had a strong interest in getting away in nature into an isolated area to live out their life away from everybody else um and so this eventually resulted in a romantic relationship and affair between the two because dora was married and friedrich was in a relationship
0: what a sluts yeah i mean do your thing, but cheating's not great. Don't do no, that. Do yeah. not condone cheating, on my end. Right, me either. Sorry. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about it. Uh- <laughs> not really one for the cheats.
1: Yeah, so Dora was enthralled by Friedrich, and unfortunately because of this, they had, like, an imbalanced power dynamic in their relationship that was very, like, student and teacher. and. Ew
0: right so that's like a cosplay kind of thing
1: almost yeah so that's uh, like a certain uh, level of like, like a control cake. that he had yeah. over her basically and this kind of gets really obvious when i tell you what preparations they made to leave get ready for this okay <laughs> so they're they're making preparations to run away to floriana to live off the land t- together uh mm-hmm one of the preparations Friedrich made was removing all of his teeth. What? Why? He knew they wouldn't be able to do any dental work living out in the wild, and he knew his teeth would fail him without proper modern dental work, so he just removed them. No. Which... You just
0: like let those shits fall out as the yep. time comes. You don't yep. remove them all at once.
1: I'm like, I'm like, what did like, Ew. you know, like prehistoric humans do? They didn't yeah. just like remove all their teeth. <laughs>
0: no. And also like, how much does that hurt? Like, all I see in my head is like him taking pliers to his teeth and just like ripping them out one by one. Well, I think he passing did it out with... from the pain in between.
1: Like, well, I think, Yeah, I think he did it with like 1920s dentistry, which probably still wasn't. The best.
0: Yeah. Okay. So he removed all his teeth.
1: <laughs> he was Gross. also curious if human gums were strong enough to eat anyway. So he wanted to Okay. Test so
0: there was like a little bit more to him just taking his teeth out. He's like, I can take my teeth out and I can figure out a research project at the same time.
1: Yeah. But like, it's your teeth in your head, like that belong yes. to you.
0: Hey, I have a weird thing about my teeth. I'm very sensitive. I cannot even watch people open things up with their mouth. Mm. So that like that that makes me cringe. I'm like, yeah. oh no, that like that's your teeth. Like that don't yeah, don't do that to your teeth, you know? So yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I got a thing about so, teeth.
1: So he also convinced Dora to remove all of her teeth as well.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a bit much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no. So there's just two they just got gummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Ew. <laughs> I told you. What, do one. they have pictures? Uh, do you have pictures of them on there? I
1: do, but I couldn't find a picture where they're like they're never smiling. Oh, like, I wonder why. Where you can see their teeth <laughs> or lack of? I guess. Yeah, but oh, I, weird. I do have some pictures of them down there. They they look kind of normal.
0: They do. I see it. It, it. They do look kind of normal, but now I know that they don't have any teeth behind their lips. And it's Right. Like, oh, so now ooh. you're thinking about that
1: yeah. differently.
0: Yeah. yeah. So the
1: plan was they were going to pack a pair of stainless steel teeth in case their gums failed. What? Yeah. How about you just
0: keep your teeth in the first place?
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. It seems so... like a lot
0: of work for just like you when you just could have had the stuff God gave you. Right. The, the logic
1: leaps behind this one are just <laughs> a journey. <laughs> what? Yeah. So they only had one set of teeth though when they left, because uh the second set was on back order, which I'm like, is there enough people asking for stainless steel teeth to me?
0: <laughs> yeah, happens? I was like, and back order in 1920 was a thing, like
1: <laughs> I yeah, so <laughs> you know they didn't arrive on time you know so they were gonna have to share if oh. their gums didn't work
0: he gets the top half she gets the bottom half
1: <laughs> or just pass it back and forth right? yeah <laughs> just... <laughs> <He> just... <laughs> gross that's
0: disgusting you're right i do have a lot of questions about
1: that i told so... you this one is just bad shit and it gets crazier yeah. <laughs> this
0: isn't even the craziest part oh god okay it gets worse so um, did like th- were they able to eat with their gun uh, also okay another question i'm just <laughs> jumping around here now <laughs> yeah um like does that impair your speech at all not having your teeth like obviously like- you have like a lisp right yeah, like-, <laughs> I feel like it would
1: have you ever heard
0: somebody would like, like I-
1: out dentures talk it's
0: i know because i'm like i know your tongue is like probably 85 90 percent of like enunciating mm-hmm. things like i don't know how yeah. much your teeth take into play other than like you would have a lisp right but like good god they're probably like spitting all over each other when they talk too <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my god well i think about and this is, this is going to make you think about it the entire rest of the podcast episode when you're talking your tongue is hitting mostly the back uh, of your teeth your or your teeth. palate
0: oh bleh. and yeah. so you would have to like relearn how to talk essentially tuck your tongue back in a little bit
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is gross all right so we're moving on from the teeth they'll come back but um
0: (laughs) (laughs) so.
1: Uh, so so they uh before they left too here's another little fun tidbit they also attempted to set up their significant others with each other before they left germany Oh, they like got them to meet. Uh, oh, it's at like the same here, we're gonna house. go
0: together, but like you guys, you guys can yeah, go together. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so they just we like, we work out. So then you guys should work out. Right. Like... so They just got them to like show up at the
1: same house and like meet each other. They weren't there because they were already gone. They shipped out on July 23rd, 1929. Oh, God. So that's that was the farewell that their poor significant others got for they left.
0: Well, honestly. I have to say, already, their poor significant others, and I say that in quotes, dodged a fucking bullet between the
1: two of them. <laughs> <laughs> if one of them came, to, like, if I was dating or married to one and they just showed up with no teeth, I'd just be like, I'm out.
0: I'm done. Yeah, it's like, I, I feel a lot better about this. <laughs> and if you,
1: like, lost teeth, like, because of health reasons, we're not talking about you. We're not. No. Talk- no we're talking about people who willingly removed Their teeth from their head on purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I, I, I'm only talking shit about this specific story too. I wouldn't do that about. Yeah. But like, if you were in
1: a relationship with this
0: person and they just showed up with no teeth. One time, my grandpa pulled out his dentures in front of me. I remember it. Like we were like the den, like my dad's office. Now in our house used to be Mm -hmm. our quote unquote piano room that Mm -hmm. sounds super rich sorry but it's where I practice piano that's where the piano was and piano room
1: privilege
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) sorry um and it's just what it is and so I was in there like practicing and I like got up to leave and my grandpa had like walked in and he was like hey Haley you want to see my new dentures and he like just pulled them out I was like grandpa
1: (laughs) maybe that's why you have a thing about teeth
0: I, that and like braces as a kid, oh, like yeah. I just I just didn't want to mess my teeth up any more than they were, and yeah, uh-huh. just, and then I've chipped my tooth a couple of times, like mm-hmm. yeah, I've had yeah. some some things happen. I got gotcha. um,
1: We're gonna move from the teeth to to the Galapagos and survival. <laughs> wow, well jump! <laughs> so, uh, when Friedrich and Dora arrived on Floriana, the reality of their new chosen island life became very clear. Uh, they found Floriana was not a tropical oasis, as had been described, but full of dried out, vast, hot, sharp, baking lava fields. You know, dried oh, lava, sounds- but it's black, oh, okay. so the sun is yeah. just baking it, right? What, they
0: think this was like a tropical, sandy Bahamian beach or something? Maybe,
1: I don't know. Uh, so the rest was, was covered with thick vegetation that was also just baking in the sun, very jungly, right? So, they spent their first nights in the pirate caves, which apparently did have, like, a rock carved out, like, raised sleeping areas that the pirates had carved out, like, long ago. Oh. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, not a luxurious housing situation by any means.
0: Well, I wonder what she thought she was going to get, though. I- like, she- you know? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I mean, they knew they were going to have to build their house. So, okay. I think
1: initially they were like okay this isn't perfect but we're gonna we're gonna make an attempt right gotcha so they also spent their first days searching for a freshwater spring which they were told there would only be one but it turned out there were multiple which was good that's good um, so once they found the spring they decided to make this location their home as it was a water source it was overlooking the bay and sat kind of in a small crater. So they would be kind of protected by the elements or at least the wind. Um, and so it's on her- the west
0: side of the island. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Is it on the you west know, side? I don't have a,
1: a good map of this um, and it's hard to find one. Um, but I I know they weren't over post office. bay. That's the only thing I know for sure.
0: Oh, okay. I'm just trying to get my bearing on this picture. I
1: know. I was, I was looking for, like, a map of where everything was, and I could not find one. So, apologize for that. So, the next couple of months involved hard work setting up their new home, but Dora began having some misgivings about their new situation. She pulled so- her teeth out,
0: moved to a remote island. Yeah. She <laughs> had to sleep on the ground. Yep. Gets her water from a freshwater... What it was it? What did you say? Spring. It was a spring. spring. Yeah. A spring. And now she's like, hmm... Maybe this wasn't the best idea. Right. Well, like that's and- her limit. That's yeah. her limit to reach like the maybe this wasn't the best idea. Which is like so far <laughs> beyond mine. <laughs> I know, it's way past mine. <laughs>
1: uh so the big issue was Friedrich, actually. So it's
0: always the guy. It's always, always the, guy. the man.
1: Hard labor had begun to drag Dora down as she fought against bouts of MS right? Because she has MS. I already
0: forgot she had that. Yeah. Oh, it's very and true. Like, yeah.
1: If you come to the island you'll be fixed with, you know, natural life and positive vibes. <laughs> Shit like
0: that. It's <laughs> <Just> a Rossifarian.
1: <laughs> but he's not because he's like an- a nihilist too. It's really weird. And Friedrich was like, really strict and abusive when it came to getting to make her work because he didn't believe like that her illness was like legitimate he thought it was all in her head i hate
0: people like that right and it's like "Mm, no like illnesses are real
1: yep exactly especially
0: like the invisible ones god
1: yeah like the whole shit that i
0: had to deal with last year it was super frustrating yeah like you you and like i'm sure you too it's like you feel like shit but like on the outside you look fine Mm -hmm. and so when like you try to explain it to people and They just kind of like brush you off. It's like, oh, everybody's stomach hurts. Oh, everybody feels dizzy sometimes. Mm -hmm. Everybody just gets tired. It's like, this is a whole new level. Like, I think I'm a pretty tough cookie. If I'm complaining about something, like (laughs) like, I am unwell.
1: (laughs) Right. So that's what was going on here. But eventually they were able to eat from a flourishing garden um, because they had brought seeds and stuff with them so among friedrich's plans and philosophy was eating vegetarian exclusively despite all of the plentiful wild game that was just wandering around the island with no predators uh I was so gonna say,
0: like, source of protein was that just yeah. from like his vegetarian like was he there, thought like, beans it or was
1: something? the healthiest way to live oh yeah which,
0: which, like being vegetarian is not bad. So as long as you make sure you get your protein in, right? Right. And like but, you can do that through like vegetables and like
1: other plants and stuff. But you need to kind of um, fill in those protein gaps, you know, somehow. Yeah. And I don't really know what vegetables they were growing exactly. But I do know that they were not growing any kind of grain because it was against his philosophy as well because he thought like flowering grain type of plants were poisonous to people or like not great for people.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, is he gluten-free too?
1: <laughs> was he like
0: the original gluten-free diet? The OG <laughs>
1: uh so they're he was like really strict about their diets they literally only ate fruits vegetables and eggs because they did have chickens so also, i guess that's like, where they got she... the sorry yeah
0: yeah also though like she has ms like she definitely needs a different diet than mm-hmm. him like that's a- another point to consider mm-hmm.
1: no no but, but it's the, all at in least they head. had
0: eggs yeah oh yeah sorry it's all in her head she, she just thinks she has ms
1: yeah so they did however have to start sharing the same pair of steel teeth in order to eat because their gums weren't
0: cutting it oh god you know that's disgusting there had to be another like at what point does she like throw a fork at him and is like i should have never taken my teeth out for you (gasps) like
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah so that's that's lovely she did have much to friedrich's dislike uh, she was so lonely that she made one of the local wild donkeys her pet and she Aww. named him burrow and they Aww. had a very sweet relationship
0: that is pretty cute
1: and Frieder hated him
0: of course he did
1: because he was like she's He's caring everything. more for this donkey than me how dare she yeah. right
0: didn't yeah. kill the donkey
1: um uh yeah well um, is this, we'll, is we'll this where the scorned lover party comes in we'll talk about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, all right, all
1: right. So enough about these two. Uh... <laughs> so soon, the media caught wind of this couple living like Adam and Eve on the island, um, and made it a sensation, like a media sensation out of the couple back in Europe. So like everybody in Europe was like talking about what's going on.
0: Of course, it was idealized. You know, yeah,
1: they weren't really ask- asking Dora, like, so how's the teeth thing going for <laughs> you? <laughs>
0: how's the living with ms thing on a remote island going for you
1: yeah, yeah uh so soon they began receiving visitors from pleasure cruises who wanted to see the couple for themselves and dora would get excited when the visitors would come and give them gifts which of course friedrich thought were frivolities <laughs> um she was like please another human for the
0: love of god like <laughs> yes yeah, <yeah>, some <laughs> other interaction would be great
1: it wasn't long before their fame in Europe inspired permanent visitors, however. So in mm-hmm. August of 1932, another German family, the Whitmers, found the couple's story inspiring and decided to live off the land of Floriana themselves. They consisted of Heinz Whitmer, a for- or a vet from World War I, who was also trying to escape the horrors of his experience. Uh, he had a pregnant wife, Margaret, and a 12-year-old son who had poor health. Mm. So this is the state of them as they arrive. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought moving to Floriana would help their son and help Heinz's, you know, mental PTSD issues as well that they didn't really so, have a word for.
0: Do they think this island is like the all healing island?
1: I mean, I apparently I, the media is like, not helping either. You know, I'm sure they're like, yes, magical, not. you know
0: it just sounds like it's the um the fountain of youth kind
1: mm. of thing you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no, i feel like those like very much a thing back in the day and you know it was the 1930s so they're like come to this beautiful island of floriana while
0: you'll in the mid atlantic accent and everything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly you get it <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so the Whitmers and Friedrich's personalities clashed, however, because the Whitmers were very down-to-earth and very practical, and Friedrich was a dick. And I was going to say,
0: I feel yeah. like he's not going to get along with anybody. Right. Like, he sucks.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, Margaret was a very put-together housewife, and Heinz was very humble and reserved. Heinz had hoped that Friedrich would use his medical knowledge to help his pregnant wife give birth right because she's huh. pregnant when they arrive yeah uh but friedrich resented this assumption and didn't make any claims to the whitmers that he would help her what a dick <laughs> which i kind of understand you're like you just assumed that i was gonna do this like but also like, you're in the middle of the nowhere. humanity
0: part of it like yeah
1: yeah so you know initially friedrich would not let the Whitmers stay with them instead directing them to the nearby caves and being like you can sleep there <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh but it was only a matter of time before the whitmers were hunting the island's plentiful game because they didn't care uh building a very sturdy log cabin all in the span of a month which was a much shorter period of time than friedrich and dora had spent building their dwelling so they were up and running very quickly which i'm sure pissed friedrich off i was about
0: to say (laughs) i'm sure that pissed him (laughs) off too yeah (laughs)
1: Uh, The neighbors pretty much avoided each other, even though they lived about an hour's walk away from each other on the island. Hmm. But that all was about to change.
0: An hour's walk is still pretty good, though.
1: Yeah. So. Like, no neighbors. This is because six weeks later, (laughs) Eloise, Weirborn de Wagner Bosquet, and her escorts arrived on the island. Oh,
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: you're giving me a look (laughs) yeah go look at her she's she's something uh she claimed herself a baroness uh claiming to have a rich and illustrious life back in europe she uh strutted around the island wearing riding breeches a pistol in her belt and a riding whip in her hand claiming the place hers which in the 1930s was very like clutch your pearls kind of yeah clothing to wear as a woman um, so, you know, she, she was, she was actually, I have a little mixed feelings about her cause she's kind of terrible, but I'm also like, she's kind of fucking cool. Yeah.
0: Time. I just scrolled down to look at some pictures of her.
1: Yeah. So she brought with her two male companions and lovers. She had two,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Robert or Robert, I think Philipson and mm-hmm. Rudolph Lorenz. Uh, so it's a very, this is a very different, uh, dynamic than the two prior,
0: you know, groups coming on the island. You know, you're telling me this story right now and looking at her pictures. I think I've seen a documentary about this. You probably have. I think I have. Cause I'm like, she looks so familiar. And uh-huh. then like, so keep going. Okay. Because okay. I, th- I think I may have seen a documentary about this, but I'm going to need to like, look that up later a little refresher okay (laughs) yeah
1: so she visited friedrich and dora's camp much to their dismay riding in on top of a donkey with her lovers in tow and then she later visited the whitmers it was then that she described their purpose on the island her goal was to establish and build a luxury hotel experience on the island Hmm. and she essentially declared herself the empress of floriana She's just this, like
0: self proclaiming I'm the queen.
1: Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh so this hotel would cater to the ultra wealthy and the pleasure cruises that occasionally visited the island. And this was her her grand plan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um which pissed the other two groups off to no end.
0: Oh, I'm sure. They're right. like, Who are you? Just coming in here and trouting out, trouting trotting, trouting, trot- trotting? Trot- trotting along? What's the what's the what's that phrase? I don't know. <laughs> forget i said anything okay
1: <laughs> so her air of superior superiority began to anger and frustrate her neighbors uh, and petty and dangerous conflicts between the baroness's party and the others began to arise while living on the island the baroness would strut around in sheer clothing ooh, and skimpy ooh, outfits for the time
0: scandalous
1: uh, and she would use her pistol to threaten other settlers on the island as well as uh, other visitors such as hunters from nearby islands she would like chase them off and shoot at them she also tried it <laughs> <laughs> this town ain't big enough for the two of us <laughs>
0: That's so funny. She like gives somebody to Sam out there. Yeah, she also
1: tried to like take over the Whitmer Spring, um, and would regularly take resources hostage, um, because she was set up in Post Office Bay. That's where she was gonna do the hotels. So when all the supplies were sent there, because that's where they would send Post Office mm-hmm. Bay, she would just hold them hostage until she got what she wanted.
0: That's annoying.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: She, so, like, really came in and just kind of started, like, claiming yeah. everything as hers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and uh, because she had access to the mail, she just also liked to read everyone's mail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a nosy person.
1: Uh, so her lovers and herself settled down and began building the hotel in the area. Uh, and Ritter would begin writing, or sorry, Friedrich Ritter uh began writing the ecuadorian government to try to have her removed and saying that she's like you know being a dick basically yeah Um, she's
0: coming in and like taking all of our stuff
1: yeah and and basically because she was reading everyone's mail um as it came in he was like hey if you respond to me you need to give it like directly to me like it can't just go to the post office yeah so uh so margaret whitmer did give birth to the new baby on her own, or with her family's help, but without mm-hmm. Don, or Friedrich. But she didn't have any complications. She gave birth to this baby around the new year and it did seem to bring all three parties together or at least calm down the bad relations for a time. The Baroness had even given them gifts and Friedrich and Dora actually visited to give congratulations and give them oh. gifts as well. It was very unlike both of those groups, so... Um, meanwhile the baroness who originally uh, had both Robert and Rudolph building the hotel for her like there's only three of them and they're going to build this hotel right?
0: yeah because that makes it's sense Proof. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, she decided to begin favoring Robert over Rudolph and so they began forcing Rudolph to build the hotel all by himself what? yeah
0: okay like one person is gonna do that sure it's it's gonna be fine um
1: but yeah so they were starving him and beating him so he began to seek refuge and air his grievances with the whitmer family who seemed to be the only semi-normal family on this entire island like yeah i'd say so so incredibly normal compared to everybody else
0: (laughs) yeah it's like they came to like seek a new life yeah and then these other ones were just like fucking weird
1: they're like uh i'm gonna build a hotel all by my lonesome and i'm gonna remove my teeth and see how that goes
0: <laughs> and see if i can just eat with my gums on this remote island <laughs> yeah.
1: uh yeah, sure. so the whitmers decided to start helping him in order to get the hot goss about the baroness for Ooh, rudolph
0: what's the tea so the is tea, the tea is today?
1: <laughs> uh rudolph revealed that the baroness is not a baroness uh she used to be a business partner of his who had run their store in paris into the ground um, um so she's
0: a shitty business partner Get
1: yeah yeah so she also was not from high birth as she had claimed but learned all of her fancy mannerisms from movies
0: oh you know so she's a psycho yeah it's like inventing anna yeah
1: did yeah, you watch yeah.
0: that yeah
1: yeah yeah Uh it's likely that before she had met any of them she had probably worked as a sex worker and nothing against that but as a sex worker and a scammer um and had supposedly married a rich french airman and that's where she received her last name mm. uh the baroness however began r- noticing rudolph's visits and would lock up his possessions as punishment and prevent him from visiting any of the other others and then his punishments began getting worse. So
0: God, she's awful.
1: Yeah. So she's she's great. Um, she's like cool in theory, but she's actually just a big old scammer, it seems she's
0: like the worst human ever.
1: Right, right. But like I, I'm like, I wanna dress like her.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: I want I'm gonna yeah. walk around at writing breeches too.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Just tell people what to do. It sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um if only yeah so the ecuadorian governor uh, then visited upon friedrich's request in the letters um about the baroness so the baroness immediately charmed the governor and likely slept with him and in return he gifted her four miles of the island and told the others that they had to share her springs with her oh god so that's how that went uh so they're stuck with her basically um when summer came a drought dried up the springs and caused the gardens to fail and the fighting over resources increased as everyone was suffering um heinz unfortunately had accidentally shot burrow the donkey (gasps) after it had wandered into their garden he didn't know he thought it was a wild donkey um He immediately was apologetic to Dora, but Dora actually thought the Baroness might have lured the donkey there on purpose and was actually, so there's drama Mm -hmm. there.
0: A little bit of a web here, huh? Mm
1: -hmm. The Baroness had finally kicked Rudolph out as well due to everybody having limited resources. She didn't want to even try to take care of him anymore. And the Whitmers took him in. Meanwhile, a film crew came to the island and filmed a silent movie featuring the Baroness, putting her exploits on the island in a very exotic and favorable light and putting her in the role of a pirate empress,
0: <laughs>
1: which was not far from the truth. When you
0: think yeah, really?
1: So, you know, while everyone's going through this drought, they're like,
0: let's film a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's and, and you then, can like, go the watch the fam- movie You
1: can go see yeah. it.
0: I would say, I bet the other families are just there, like in the corner, like watching it all happen. Just like, what the hell is happening? They're just like, oh my God.
1: All right. So, here's that's where we are with everything. And then it all changes because on March 27th, 1934, the Baroness and Robert disappeared. Ooh. So, here's where the intrigue comes into this salacious story. So, the Whitmers and Rudolph claimed to Dora and Friedrich that the two had left on a friend ship to Tahiti. They got invited to go to Tahiti by their friends. So, they were like, let's go. Uh, and they asked the family and Rudolph to watch their belongings until they returned.
0: How are they getting invited to Fiji when they don't have any friends on the island? Well, they have friends from other places. But like, right, did they just she's... get swept up in the middle of the night? Like, you would see a ship come in, right? To pick right. them up. I mean, there were pleasure cruises that came by and
1: visited them. So it oh, wouldn't okay. be that, you know, crazy for, you know, one of her noble friends, you know, because she's apparently a baroness, right? Apparently. Right. To come and like, be like, hey, you know, we are just bopping around in the area. You want to come to a Tahiti? <laughs> you want to come to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tahiti? I almost said Fiji. I mean, so yeah, the same, same idea. Same, right? same. So, so the residents of the island went down to assess her belongings and I wrote assess as asses.
0: <laughs> I always do that. <laughs> I like have to double check myself when I'm posting stuff on social media for work. I'm like, yeah, Acid, assess. <laughs> it's like, I got to <laughs> find ways to not use that word. <laughs> so.
1: All right, so they went down to assess the belongings. And by assess,
0: do you mean steal?
1: Yeah. So Heinz, Whitmer, (laughs) and Rudolph began divvying up the supplies without explanation. Rudolph saying that he planned to sell some of those possessions to be able to get off the island because he was tired of this bullshit. Uh, So, like, Dora and Friedrich are just standing there like, okay, all right, well, we might as well get ours, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But Dora did report in her diary that the Baroness's most prized possessions had been left at her house and no ship had caught her or Friedrich's attention on the horizon anytime time that week.
0: That's uh, what I was going to
1: say. I was like, did they really go on a ship? Because I feel like you would have seen it. Right, right. So the Baroness had left behind some very personal possessions, including her family photos and a copy of the picture of Dorian Gray. That Hmm. she would carry around everywhere and claimed was a lucky charm, which is like something you would take with you, I feel
0: like. Right. I think so too. Especially back then when like traveling was such a longer time than it is now. Right. It's not like, oh, I just, I'm going to go over here for a day and I forgot this picture. Like, Mm -hmm. exactly. So the two were never heard from again.
1: and life quieted down uh dora and friedrich both had their suspicions of the whitmers and rudolph lorenz but they were obviously happy that the baroness had disappeared so they didn't really yeah. do anything about it right
0: well like, it's a little
1: weird but also we're fine with it <laughs> but also she sucked so <laughs> mm-hmm. um but the woes of the floriana residents were not over and death was still on the horizon Um, so rudolph became eager to go back to germany and convinced a visiting writer to take him to the island of san cristobal he convinced a fisherman to take him to chatham island despite rough weather um, because he was just so urgent to just get out of there but the two men disappeared uh, months later, the mummified remains of Rudolf Lorenz and the fishermen were discovered by tuna fishermen on a nearby island, but the boat was nowhere to be found. So, so they shipwrecked and, yeah. Yeah, and suffered probably before they ultimately met their ends. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. Try to get out of there, it did not work. Um, so, months later, Friedrich became sick
0: with spoiled chicken that he had eaten, which... He doesn't eat meat. Right. He's probably like, this is exactly why I don't eat meat. (laughs) Yeah. So Dora asked the Whitmers for help with Friedrich being very
1: concerned about it. And the Whitmers came to their house and found him looking extremely ill, like close to death. He -hmm. had a swollen tongue and was unable to move and struggling to breathe.
0: From chicken? That doesn't sound very right. So... Dora claimed that Friedrich had opened a can of pork
1: meat to feed their chickens, which apparently was spoiled and all of the chickens died. Hmm. Okay. Friedrich did not want to waste the chicken meat and, despite his strict vegetarian diet, told Dora that if they boil- boiled the chickens, the meat would be fine for them to eat. Hmm. That is what Dora said. He really couldn't corroborate this because he's, you know, dying actively.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's more of a poison thing than Mm -hmm. like a Mm -hmm. food poisoning thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So
1: later that night, he scribbled his dying words onto a sheet of paper. And his dying words were, I curse you with my dying breath, which I think was directed at (laughs) Dora. Yeah. Like, fuck you. uh so the Whitmers may have found this strange considering the circumstances however they knew Friedrich had treated Dora so poorly so this was not really out of character for him uh so Friedrich was buried on Floriana with the help of the Whitmers around six years after Mm -hmm. Dora and Friedrich's arrival in 1935 six years yeah
0: god that's a lot longer than I thought they would have lasted there
1: Mm -hmm. she finally had enough It seems
0: six years. (laughs) She's like, she's playing the long game. He's like, I want
1: to be the only one who gets to use these fucking teeth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Probably though. (gasps) Yeah. I mean, can you imagine just the inconvenience of that all? Oh my god. Um. So a ship captain, Captain Hancock, arrived to aid in the identification of Rudolph Lorenz and to investigate the disappearance of the baroness. Um, He found out about Friedrich's death upon arrival, and through his reports, the death of Friedrich was sensationalized throughout the world, as well as the baroness's disappearance. Hmm. The remaining settlers gave Hancock their accounts of what had happened to both. Hancock stayed on the island for a few more days before returning to Germany with Dora, Dora claimed that she had eaten as much of the rotten bird as Friedrich, but she did not go for help with the Whitmers until Friedrich was too far gone. And she, for whatever reason, did not get sick. Um,
0: There were rumors. I'm sorry, what? Did she eat the chicken?
1: That's what she claims. Huh. Yeah. Probably lying. So there were rumors swirling about Dora killing Friedrich because he had treated her so badly um, and she was questioned by the Ecuadorian government but she was never charged with anything however likely due to her descriptions of friedrich's abuse towards her and she arrived back in germany and wrote her own account of what happened on floriana which huh. there are actually multiple conflicting reports from her book and from what i'm she actually reported.
0: sure right. yes i am sure
1: Um, so she passed away in Berlin in 1942 the Whitmer family stayed on Floriana for many years afterwards and they even opened a hotel that remains open to this day
0: cool Um, I wonder if that's where my cousin stayed
1: I I have no idea. depends on what island she visited
0: I can't Um, imagine there's that many hotels on all the islands right I
1: I don't know I don't know I've never been to the Galapagos so me Uh, the Whitmers, along with the now-dead Rudolf Lorenz, were accused of murdering the Baroness, but were never charged because no body, you know, the Baroness was never found. Yeah. didn't have strong evidence. So they just got to live out their lives, basically. Wow. Uh, they lived the rest of their days on the island, with Heinz passing away in 1953 and the eldest son drowning in 1951. Oh, that stinks. Yeah. Margaret lived on the island until her death in 2005. Oh, my God. She kicked ass.
0: How old was she? 100-something? I don't something? know.
1: Because she was born in, like, the 1800s. She had to be over 100. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. Maybe, maybe it was. It might have been magic if, if you didn't kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you didn't get killed. Seriously. Um... So their descendants continue to run the small hotel to this day. You can go visit Uh, the Galapagos Islands now belong to the Galapagos National Park and the Galapagos Marine Reserve. But the islands are home to about uh, 30,000 permanent residents, uh, mostly there to support the massive ecotourism operation in the region, as well as fishing, um, commercial fishing. So while this has been a place for unique and endemic biodiversity to flourish, the flora and fauna in this region are under threat from both the effects of the invasive species and climate change in this area. But these islands still hold many secrets.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Hmm. I did not realize that the Galapagos had that many residents on their islands.
1: Yeah, I didn't. Either it there's like t- little towns. It seems like I don't and, think all of the islands are populated. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I was when you said thirty thousand. I was like, that's sounds like a number I heard for like how many people live in the Florida Keys, but I was probably wrong. So I was fact uh-huh. checking it, and it's more like I guess on Wikipedia as of two thousand ten, which is very outdated. Mm-hmm. It was uh seventy three thousand. So, but yeah, but still 30,000 for the Galapagos. Like, geez. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um. So real quick before we uh, keep moving um, set your sources. Yeah. I got my sources, an article called the Galapagos affair from the happy gringo.com. <laughs> um, an article from cultureship.com specifically south america and ecuador uh the mysterious murder that rocked the galapagos islands um i did watch that documentary the galapagos affair satan came to eden which has actual footage from the movie the silent film that Mm uh that was made about the baroness um and then i used both actually three different podcasts there's really not a lot of detailed information out there I did not have time to read a book. Uh, I did watch the documentary, but I did listen to three podcasts about the topic as well. Obviously my favorite murder was one of them, um, but also dark histories podcast and national park after dark. So just to Ooh. get those
0: really like
1: weird, interesting details that aren't like immediately
0: available. I do like national park after dark. Yes. That's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. So, um. so yeah, that's, that's, that's the story. I
1: hope you all enjoyed it, and I hope you value. If you have a partner, you value them so much more <laughs> because they yeah. didn't ask you to take your teeth out.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank God. Yeah. I like my teeth. Good story. I feel like
1: the only stable relationship was like the Whitmers. Out of I was whole... yes,
0: they're like a yeah. unit, a family yeah. unit.
1: <laughs> yeah, like... for sure. <laughs>
0: And it's a little ironic that the baroness came in wanting to build a hotel and then like they're the ones that end up with the hotel. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: A little sneaky when it Mm -hmm. comes to people dying, too. It's like you kill someone off, steal their idea, and now you're the major success. Hmm. Right. Well,
1: (sighs) their hotel, I mean, it looks, I would stay at it, but it doesn't look like a luxurious kind of, you know
0: what I mean? I would stay at it, too, but it's definitely like, like it would be more like you have an exaggerated home mm -hmm. than like a hotel. It's modest it's, it's not like yeah it's not like a the hilton no not at <laughs> it's, all it's like a it's like if you had a a ranch home on stilts and have like what four rooms at the top and four rooms at the bottom there's probably like four on the back side too yeah i mean i'd
1: do it because like it'd be so crazy cool to wake up in a place like that you
0: know yeah but, I, I would do it too yeah. it would be really cool yeah so anyway good stuff so- do you have a conservation corner for us today? I do. Um they're not very endangered. I just picked them because it's gonna be fun. <gasps> okay. So uh the blue footed booby. I knew it! Is. I was like, <laughs> she's gonna pick a bird. <laughs> I literally just typed in like endangered animals on the Galapagos, and it was it came up with like blue-footed booby, and then when I scroll down, it's like least concern. I'm like, okay, I searched for endangered, but <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. IU, IUCN Red List says they're least concern, but I'm taking all of this off of nationalgeographic.com. So that's, okay. that's my source right there. So yeah, the blue-footed booby, the scientific name is Sua nabuxi, nabuxi n-e-b-o-u-x-i-i. Mm-hmm. Did the best I can with that one. Um, It is a bird, obviously. They are carnivores. As a group, they are called a flock. Their average lifespan in the wild is 17 years old. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good, right? They are about 32 to 34 inches, and their wingspan is nearly 5 feet, and they weigh 3.25 pounds. And their size, relative to a 6-foot man, is pretty much to your mid-shin. Okay, so they're,
1: like, a
0: big seabird, but they're
1: not, like, a huge seabird,
0: no i would say probably like a little smaller than a pelican it looks like maybe you
1: know we had
0: a species they weren't called
1: boobies they're called something else but there was a species of like this kind of bird that we had in the chesapeake bay so i think i have a good idea of like what oh really yeah i'm trying to remember no Oh, oh yeah it was a northern gannet oh okay um, I used to see them when we were out trawling on the Chesapeake Bay. So they look like blue-footed boobies with if they nice. had yellow heads and their feet weren't blue.
0: <laughs> they look like a blue-footed booby if like they were just yellow and they didn't have blue feet. Well, like they look <laughs> physically like they have the same
1: body shape, and they still have a dumb kind of like Muppet face. You know what I mean?
0: Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I just yes. Them.
1: Anyway, sorry. Continue.
0: <laughs> no, that's okay. It's just funny. Like they kind of look like them. Um. Let's see here. So, if you guys don't know what a blue-footed booby is, they're named after their blue feet, uh, which are bright blue, like a bright light blue. During mating rituals, the male birds will show off their feet to prospective mates with a high stepping strut. The bluer the feet, the more attractive the mate. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, honestly, if I was a blue-footed booby, I'm like, you got some you got some blue feet. I like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like them blue suede shoes. <laughs>
0: yeah, right? So their population ranges off the western coast of Central and South America. The Galapagos okay. Islands population includes about half of all breeding pairs of blue-footed boobies. Fun okay. fact. Uh, their behavior, like other boobies, blue foots nest on land at night. And when day breaks, they take into the air to search for seafood, sometimes fishing in cooperative groups. They may fly far out to sea while keeping a eye keen eye out for schools of small fish such as anchovies. When their prey is in sight, these seabirds utilize the physical adaptions that make them exceptional divers. They fold their long wings back around their streamlined bodies and plunge into the water from as high as 80 feet. Wow, that's high. Yeah. Blue-footed boobies can also dive from a sitting position on the water surface. They also use their web feet to cover their young and keep them warm. When a typical brood of one to three chicks hatches, both parents feed and care for them. Ah, oh, co-parenting. We like that.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of birds co-parent. Seems Yeah. Like, it's like a thing.
0: Half of a dozen or so bo- body species, booby species, are thought to take their name from the Spanish word bobo. The term means stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how early European colonists may have characterized these clumsy and unwary birds when they saw them on land, their least, grateful, gra- their least graceful environment. Oh, they were a good name to be called stupid. That's Aww. not nice. That makes me feel bad for them. They're like the stupid bird. These They're stupid like, we're birds. They're like, really
1: efficient predators and dedicated parents. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not nice. You don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh god.
0: The all blue-footed right. booby, these blue-footed <laughs> stupid birds. <laughs> um, but that's all I got on the blue-footed booby from right. National Geographic.
1: Cool. So, go check out more Galapagos life. It's a really neat place. I highly recommend The Beak of the Finch if you really want to delve into like the evolutionary like aspects of different life on those islands and then also in other really interesting spots around the globe.
0: Yeah. yeah. And if you want to hear the story again, uh, on Amazon, it sounds like it, the, it's called the Galapagos Affair when Satan came to Eden. Yes. Some, something like that. Yes. Just type in the Galapagos Affair. I'll pop up.
1: Yeah. You but, have to yeah. pay for it, though. So oh. <laughs> just fair warning.
0: <laughs> hey, you, I, I swear I watched this on Netflix a couple years ago, but they took it down.
1: You probably did. I feel like they switch stuff all the time. from Yeah, really they weird. do.
0: And now they're like making people pay for their families instead of just having like the household be extended out of the household yeah so annoying do we have any quick really quick happy things happy things I'll be in Miami next week for an event so that'll be nice I'll get to see one of my friends who I've known since high school she lives in Miami and they're Mm -hmm. moving up to I think New Hampshire Mm -hmm. in May Wow. Cause her, her husband's in NOAA Corps. So he gets stationed up that way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like Vermont or New Hampshire, like one of those states up there. They're moving in May. That's so, a big change. Yeah. Um. So I think it's, it's it, this next week might be like the last time I'll probably get to see her relatively close. Right. Uh, before right. they move. So yeah. it's been nice having her so close uh, for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Now it's yeah. just, you know me my lonesome yeah
1: yeah i've uh i just got i guess mine is you know despite all of the travel ridiculousness that i have to deal had to deal with um i did get to see while i was in norfolk for this conference my mom my aunt my grandma and then two of our really good friends uh jack who you knew from vims and then uh Britt, who used to work with us at the VLM
0: that's you know, nice. it's that's nice fun. to see them
1: um so it was just it was a nice because I haven't seen them in, in like a year now yeah so it was just nice all right Ooh. well um before we head out because it's getting pretty late for you where can our listeners find us now in this new day oh, and age yes.
0: yeah this new day and age I have to pull this up actually because I do not remember what I made our username on tiktok
1: Twitter's <sighs> done. Twitter's done. No more Twitter. Um, I'm making a Facebook account, account this weekend. I swear to God. I uh, will post it. The link for it's it okay. with this episode. So if you want to go to our Facebook page, you can do that.
0: I'm right there with you. All right. Well, anyway, you can find us on. Um, I'm going to do this while <laughs> I talk. You can find us on Instagram at Mother Nature Will Kill You podcast. You can find us on TikTok which I'm trying to get this shit figured out. And I don't, it's under, it's under settings. Okay. On TikTok you can find us at mother nature will kill you podcast. And then we are on any streaming site. So Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, what have you. We also have our website, mother nature will kill you podcast.com. You can listen to us there and also submit any questions or just any kind of story you would like us to talk about
1: yeah so if you have a personal survival story or a survival story that happened to a family member if you decided to move to floriana to restart your life and then took all your teeth out uh to do so we want to we really want to hear about it we'll probably make fun of you but we want to hear how it's going uh but if you haven't um if you just had an uncomfortable experience in nature you know, you're stuck out in the woods for a couple days, or, you know, you got a little too close to lightning out on the water or something like that. We want to hear about it too and talk about it. So please send those in, um, on our website, we have a submission page or you can send it to our email. Um, and then if you want to help out the podcast, but, uh, don't have any money because eggs are $8. (laughs) It's insane uh you can give us a five-star review to help bump us up the charts slash make the algorithm be like hey listen to these two idiots ramble on about various survival topics here you go
0: (laughs) I'm selling it (laughs) I will say my coworker told me the other day that she listens to us I was like oh that's nice that we're like people listen to us (laughs) not just (laughs) our parents
1: (laughs) I know I know um (laughs) So yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, so yeah. we're back for a while. Uh, we'll have more stories. They're gonna be scary and ridiculous and goofy. Some of them like this one, but also really awesome and intense. And that's kind of how we roll. So yep, great right, So uh, with that,
0: until next time, stay safe. But most of all,
1: stay curious, explorers. See you later. I, goodbye. I
0: need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I do need to go to bed. <laughs>